We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it was subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. The Heat Army Podcast Live is brought to you in association with Trade Print Solutions, bringing you all your printing needs for your business, whether it be big or small. This podcast is fully interactive and we'd love to hear all of your thoughts and views and you can do so in a number of ways. You can do it via Twitter, Facebook and on our chat facility. podcast is here to bring you all the gated news for gated fans by the fans we hope to get club interviews when we can here and there and also we like to talk to fans throughout the season whether it be about the ups and downs and the ins and outs of what's happening on and off the pitch surrounding this lovely club that we call gated football club Hello, welcome to the Heat Army Podcast Live. It's been a great week for Gated FC. Two fantastic home wins against Eastleigh and Aldershot and that leaves Gated sitting nice and pretty in the playoff spots at the moment. Uh, in fifth place, two points off, um, well two points uh, above uh, Wrexham and two points behind Tramia with a game in hand in Tramia. So it's all to play for in the coming weeks and uh, it's going to get exciting. And uh, we've got a great show for you tonight. We are joined by uh, former Sunderland captain Gary Bennett, of course father of of Andre, so we're going to be talking to him about how he's seeing things for Andre developing on the pitch in a heat shirt at the moment. Also, we're going to, say we're going to talk about the two wins this week. It's been fantastic, uh, some good performances, and it's seen Ryan Bowman score his 18th goal of the season, so it's absolutely fantastic at the minute to be a Gated fan. Um, not only that, we're going to preview the uh, Cheltenham game on Tuesday. Very tough going down there. Team that's won six games on the bounce, um, so... Oh, hopefully we're not cannon fodder down there, um, but we've got to think positive, we're doing well. Uh, also, we've got the quiz, um, the, which is about Halifax, and the part two of the quiz is just general football. And uh, also, um, we're going to be talking to Ross Black on the phone, of course. We know Ross is a big Sunderland fan as well, so he's got a question for Gary, which we're going to ask him later on. So, um, th- as I say, the show is fully interactive. You always know how to do it. Uh, we'll play the promos in a minute, but I'll just introduce who's with us tonight. We've got an... Uh, an old voice to the podcast, Neil, he's joining us. Neil O'Boyle, hello Neil. Hi, you alright? Yes, yeah, so Neil's going to join us tonight because Andrew's uh, called in sick. And Mickey, hello, how are you doing? Good evening, not too bad. And uh, say our special guest, Gary, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Good evening, yeah. pleasure. And um, as I say, we'll start off with the, the two games this week. Um, Gary, you were at both. Um, as I say, it was, it's been a good week for Gator Football Club, hasn't it? It's been a fantastic week. And um, I've never been to so many Gateshead games, but um, I've got to say it's been a pleasure. Yeah, especially when you're winning as well. It always and, helps, uh, doesn't it? It does indeed. <laughs> and you know, and you've got to say that um, you know the game against Eastley, hard-fought game. But yeah. I thought you know um, Gateshead started off very well, got two goals in front. Okay, we had to hold on a little yeah. bit near the end. 
And um, the game against Aldershot, um, we didn't have the best of starts, but um, credit to, to Gateshead, showing a lot mm-hmm. of character to come through that yeah. and win the game 3-2. Well, we'll talk before we came on air about how Neil Aspen changed that game around yesterday. Um, a few tactical, subst- tactical substitutions at half-time, and then also during the game, he swapped your Andre over onto the other side. And it, it's nice to see that happening. Um, I mean, it's always better when you're winning, and you can see all oh, that beneficial, but to see a manager actually... Because we haven't seen it in a few years ago, to someone who's actually making tactical decisions during the game and ahead of things, you know, ahead of events, really. So it's been absolutely fantastic to see that. Um, but we'd love to hear from you at home. We know there's lots of messages coming already on the chat facility. Um, so if you're just new to the podcast, please um, do join us. And um, we're going to play the promos on how to do it. So this is how you contact us on the chat facility, and also we'll play how you can contact us on Twitter. And we'll be back with you in a second. Wanting to contact the show? Have your say? Well, it's easily done. Our chat facility is brought to you in association with Trade Print Solutions. If you're listening to us on the Spreaker app or website, simply sign in with your Facebook account. It takes just two seconds. Then you can click on the chat facility and talk to us throughout the show. Please remember, send your messages. If we don't read them out straight away, don't worry. We will see them and we endeavour to read out every one we can. So please be part of the show and have your say. I'm waiting, so get your voice heard on the Heed Army podcast, where you can talk about all things Gateshead. Well, that is how you contact us on the chat facility and on Twitter, and we have a tweet already in from Mike Cow. Mike Cow says, I'm astonished we're in the playoffs. We haven't played that well all season. Yeah. Hashtag What's Wembley. Uh, uh, well, we don't want to get too carried away. Um, but it's a very tough game's coming up, but the team spirit is there. And um, as I say, there's so many messages on the chat facility. And as you know, sometimes we cannot always get up to read them, but I can't tonight. The chat facility's working. Andrew's put, evening lads, sorry can't be there. Dying with man flu, honest. Cracking week for the club, though. What he isn't telling the truth is he was in corporate yesterday for free drinks. So I think he's actually hung over. That's what it'll be. Um, yeah. And um, Sam Pendleton's put, Evening lads, what a difference a week makes. Two fantastic wins over Eastley and Aldershot. Uh, we looked uh, good at the back and go- oh, jumped in. This is the problem with this chat facility when there's too many messages. But keep sending them in, please do. And uh, if I do miss out any messages, please do send them in again. I will endeavour to read them out. Um, just in there... Uh, Looked good at the back and going forward. I'm happy that uh, Aspen is playing uh, John Shawmore as him and Bowman work well up front. Well, just mentioning that, I mean, John Shaw come on as a second-half substitute against um, Eastley. Yeah. But, I mean, his work rate, I mean, he, he might not have the pace anymore, but his work rate up front, in, in and around the defenders, it must be a nightmare for the uh, opposition defenders. But, as I say, to have Danny Johnson in there to come off the bench, I mean, I think he's near double figures in goals already, isn't he, this season? It's the link-up play with him and Bowman as well, because John Shaw is a very clever footballer. And uh, his link-up play with Bowman, apparently yesterday I wasn't at the game, I listened to the commentary. But apparently well, the link-up play was really good yesterday. Yeah, I, I think uh, listening to Newcastle Radio at the time, they were very impressed with uh, Bowman's full stop. You know, they were saying everything was going through him and uh, he did link up very well. I mean, I hadn't been to a Gator game for a little while and, uh, like I say, Shaw looked like a different man. You know, he looked like he lost a, a, bit, a bit of weight. He looked very fit, very sharp. Mm-hmm. In fact, both of them up front were very, very good, you know. Um, I mean, the, the, the young lad, CJ, was just 
pelting the ball in the back, you know, into, into the box, and the, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, it was only a matter of time, I think, before I had some. Well, you mentioned CJ there. He scored the the, the second goal, and um, watched it on the uh, highlights earlier on, and I see he kind of passed it into the corner. It's beautiful placement. I mean, I, I had to watch it a couple of times. It was it was a fantastic goal. Yeah, there was no there was no sort of uh, you know there was definitely no it wasn't a sort of hit and hope. It was definitely a. Uh, a, a stroke in the corner. I mean, on the back of that, though, I mean, there was a number of players around the box as well. It was a, it was a very, it looked a very, a very sort of cultured, you know, display that the, the lads put on, you know, which was a, a refreshing from the last game I'd seen where they were, you know, looked very sort of flat. Yeah. You know? um, and, and, and and I think a lot of that's to do with it, you know, the two new lads coming in, Andre and uh, and CJ seem to be, you know, giving giving the lads a lot of impetus. You know, it must be nice to have. To sort of very pacey, I think at this level as well, you know, a couple of lads with a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of pace. Well, not only that, I mean, you've got Gillies that's coming back with a lot of pace, you know, and it, it, all of them, it's pushing them for the places, and that's something that we haven't really had over the years. We've had we've had good squads over the past few seasons, but we haven't had a squad that that, that can push each other to, you, for them starting places. You said yourself when you were sat next to us on Saturday, if you if you look at how much uh, Matty uh, Matty Patterson came on and. He was hungry, and, and he just looked like a man who wanted to be in the first team, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and beforehand, it was it was, uh, you know, it wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. He, I, mean, I think he'd probably admit himself, I and mean, we don't we don't slag players off, but he was very lethargic early in the se- earlier in the season, uh, Matty. I don't know if he was carrying an injury or not, but the you know he came on, and you could see he wanted to be on that pitch. Yeah. And he said as much on uh, Facebook last night as well. He was there uh, over the moon. Yeah. Um, so exactly, you know, I, I was I was very impressed with him. I mean, some of the challenges he was putting in. I think a lot of it has to do with um, you know closing down and, and things like that. You know, ev- uh, you know their their uh, their bench was chucking chucking toys out the pram because they mm-hmm. were they were second to every sort of you know second and third ball. Whereas you know Matty came on and I'd, I don't think he uh, I don't think he missed the tackle and I think he also set the impetus up for the rest of the lads mm-hmm. because. He he came on and some lads were making challenges which were you know they looked like they needed a little bit of freshening up and uh, I think he set the tempo for the rest of the midfield. Well, I, I think we've, from what I've seen since I've been able to come back to the games, we've carried on since the Grimsby game because Grimsby didn't know what hit them with the work rate that Gator had put in. I mean, Paddy McLaughlin and Gus in the middle are just. I mean, Gary, you, you would have seen those. I mean, the past two games, the pair of them just have got a hell of an engine on them, haven't they? And, and Gus takes a few knocks as well for his troubles. That's right. You know, when you're talking about the two midfield players, that's the engine room. You know, they trigger everything off. But as I said, overall, when you look at Gates, they look a fit team. You know, you look at the two central defenders there, Ben Clark and mm-hmm. James Curtis there, they are getting on in aid, but yeah. you wouldn't have thought so. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, there's competition for places all over the park. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they're showing that as well. You know, yes, I was at yesterday's game. And after the first 10 or 15 minutes, you knew that Gates had never started the game well. Yeah. You know, it took them time to get into the game. But once they got into the momentum, then you thought, well, they're going to get back in. Let's score the goals at the right time. Yeah. Conceded. The equaliser just on half time. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, well, Neil, get them in, settle them down, address one or two problems. And yeah. you've got to say, they come out in the second half and went on to win the game yeah uh, well, we've got a lot of messages that are coming in um, there's some um, on Andre but we'll, re- we'll talk about them a little bit later on because we're going to talk to Gary about uh, Andre um, Anne Schofield's put evening gents uh, thank you for listening and for uh, Nathan Clark it was a good game yesterday and uh, Andrew McGuinness has put it's interesting to hear Neil Aspen say on Radio Newcastle that he wanted to sign Curtis at the start of his managerial career well we know Curtis has been the target of a lot of pl- uh, Clubs around the uh, non-league scene for quite a long time. Big Sunderland fan, so Gary, if you can swing it for him to get a game. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a few weeks ago he would have got a game, but unfortunately they just signed the lad Coney, so I think he'll have competition there to get Coney into the team. Curtis, there's, yeah. a, there's a ring there. Ah, isn't it? there is. Um, Neil Smith has put uh, seventy quality photos from yesterday's <laughs> game uh, at neilsmithsportsphotography.com. Get along there; you'll have a look. In of course, you get all these uh, pictures from throughout the season, and you can buy them on a map day in the cafe beforehand as well. Yeah, you see so, on the end of that, the Ben can buy a, a pictures of, of tonight's studio guest, Andrea Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there you go. Uh, for your living room wall. Yeah, uh, it's just what you need. You need a gate to play on your on your on your living room wall. Um, and uh, Sam Pendleton's put uh, both Clark and Curtis played really well on Tuesday look different players under Aspen well as I said I mentioned that I think it's fitness as well I think well the whole squad I mean we look you know we're not going to slate uh, Crosby's a <coughs> lovely man it just unfortunately didn't work out for him but the players do look I mean Paddy McGotton looks a different player under Aspen as well I mean when the beginning of the season we're playing him on the left wing and he was just ineffective yeah you know, I think, uh, 
definitely a, a massive change in him, you know. I mean, uh, you talk about a, a, a change in player, you know. He, he didn't look like it, you know, he looked like a round peg in a square hole, to to coin the phrase. But I think he, um, you know, in, in centre midfield, he just he just looked at it absolutely, you know, he deserved a goal, but uh, unfortunately, I think we, we found out he. Uh, his free kick was headed in by uh, one of the... Yeah, I, 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 see, I thought it had went in direct. On goal, at first, Yeah, on goal, yeah. The defender put it straight past his own... Uh, did you think it had went they, in direct they, they as well? They all count. They, they all, all do, count. yeah. I'll, I'd still give it to Paddy. Another thing I think you because we're talking about is pace. And yeah. Gary, you've played in the league. Def- defenders absolutely hate people with pace. Yeah, definitely so. And, and again, you know, credit to Neil Aspin. You know, all of a sudden he's created competition for places. But when you've got somebody like CJ Hamilton... You know who's a great outlet, especially when you're under a little bit of pressure. Yeah, you know you know that you can put it behind there, and he's got the legs to 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 get mm-hmm. onto the ball. And he's an old-fashioned winger. He gets it, knocks it out of his stride, ten yards, and away he goes. Yeah, he did, did that time and time again on Saturday. You know, I think it was great. You said sort of off here that um, he can take the ball from defence and quickly turn it into an attacking opportunity. And I think you know he was. Uh, in the second half, he was obviously closest to Gateshead fans, and it was just nice to watch. You know, he would he would accept the ball with his back to the player, turn face him, hit the ball past him, and sometimes outpace two or three lads. Well, he made his own space as well, didn't he? Yeah. As soon as the ball comes to his feet. And I think it's important as well. You know, when you're talking about Gateshead off last season, especially under Gary Mills, yeah. you know, good footballing team. You know, kept the ball well, mm-hmm. but they didn't really hurt teams I think with Neil Aspin now he's got them well organised mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you've got that influx of pace you know you've got that out there mm-hmm. you can go at teams all of a sudden we've turned defence into attack with maybe a pass or two passes yeah it's nice to have two targets up front rather than the one you know I mentioned sort of earlier that we were uh, you know under, under Mills he was sort of regularly played with five in midfield um, that's a player like CJ where he can hit you know Bowman and uh, and well it's interesting that you know yesterday you look at yesterday's game and he started off with like a 4-3-3 mm-hmm. and he seen that it wasn't working and then he changed it into like a 4-4-2 which yeah. that's what you want managers to do yeah. and as he said um, there's a couple of times when he swapped Andre from the right to the mm-hmm. left then left back to the right and that's the flexibility which you need he brought James Curtis on yeah. at, at half time as well and that's what the manager's there for to make decisions and hopefully you know the players take it on board and you know, hopefully, go and get a result. Certainly. Well, um, we're going to uh, move on to talking to Gary about uh, Andre. Of course, he's on loan from Middlesbrough till the end of the season now as well. But before we do that, Colin Dilbo sent in a message: the Gated Supporters Bus. If you want to go to Halifax or the Tramier game, uh, there are still seats available. So contact Colin Dilbo uh, via Facebook or on the forum, text or email. They'll be on the forum. Um, that those details. Uh, so don't miss these two massive games. Of course, they are massive and. Um, Let's see, get yourself on the along. bus, Benno. When? Uh, well, not next Saturday. You might tell them. Choose the night. Yeah, it's only, it's only a short one. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, remember, keep sending your messages. You can tweet us at um, at heed underscore army, and we have got a tweet that's come in. Liam David Bell. CJ seems to be the go-to man on the left. Hopefully, we can keep utilising the was a nightmare for the Eastley right back on Tuesday. Well, it's the same for the the older shot right back as well. Um, yeah, there's just absolutely fantastic and see, the see, I can only see him getting better. And I think that you can see he's, he's, he's you know he's building in confidence every game, and he's, he's a rough diamond at the minute. But if he can lift his head just when he gets on the edge of the box, I mean he did do it a few times. He put the pulled the ball back, but um, just you can pick out across a little bit more better you know, the world's his oyster um, yeah. definitely maybe too good for the conference but hopefully that, this season he isn't <laughs> I think I think like you said um, you know there's a couple of times he, he sort of twist and turn he had the, the you know the right back in his, uh, in his back pocket and I think he just needs to have the confidence to look up and you know once he's uh, he's, he's cut him in half to make sure he just carries on towards goal I think a couple of times he sort of checked back to, to put a cross in I mean he was interviewed on uh, Radio Newcastle saying the gaffer just asked them to you know to get the ball in the back of the bo- get the ball into the box as much mm-hmm. as possible, and you could see it was paying dividends. You know the the previous guy was just sort of said there. You know it was nice to see him. Uh, you know as the go-to man, he, he he obviously was. It was a really good outlet for the for the goalkeeper as well. You know to, uh, to 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 play. I mean I was I was really impressed with how many times Gates had actually won the ball in the air on Saturday as well. You know um, the amount of times that you know Bowman and. Shaw and anybody like that who was getting the ball off the keeper, it was always some really nice sort of 
uh, layoffs in, in, in terms of in mm-hmm. and around the box, you know, and like I said, it was a more cultured display, which was excellent, you know. It certainly was. Well, we were going to have a phone call with Ross Black there, um, but unfortunately, he just sent us a message there. Um, you can't do it at the moment, so hopefully, hopefully everything's all right. Um, but we are going to play uh, an advert on how to download the podcast to see if you are new to the podcast tonight. You can listen to any of our back catalogue either on iTunes or downloading them from the Spreaker website, and this is how you do it. Thanks to our friends at Trade Print Solutions, you can download the podcast whenever and wherever you like. So if you've just joined the show or you're new to the show and you'd like to listen to previous episodes, what you have missed, fear not, it is so simple to do. You can sign in with your Facebook account on your Spreaker app or on the Spreaker website and click download. Or if you're an iTunes user, you can subscribe to our podcast and after every episode, it will download to your device. So please tell your friends and remember that if you miss us live, fear not, you can hear us anytime, wherever you like. Yes, that is how you download us, and we are passing, um, well, close to hitting the 29,000 listener mark with over 5,500 downloads, so thank you very much to everyone that's doing that. And also, as well, we had a look at the um, the stats, and the world listeners as well is rising as well. I think we've, we've seen people in Iceland, I know there was someone on holiday there listening, but... Um, Australia, America, um, Thailand, Russia as well. And we know there's a Russian heat army listening. So um, thank you very much for everyone and keep sharing the podcast because uh, it's great to get the the word out about Gated Football Club. And remember, keep sending in your messages. And um, as I say, well, we've got Gary here, predominantly to talk about Gator, but also about his son, Andre, who I noticed, um, I think it was 18 months ago, in a friendly with Middlesbrough Reserves, under-21s, I think it was, couple of good games goal as well against us and um, as I say I wasn't disappointed to see that he had uh, same terms with Gated on loan yeah it's, a, it's as again it's about development you know and um, he's enjoying every minute of it you know he's uh, played on the 21s football for the last couple of seasons now mm-hmm. and um, you know he needs to get out there um, not just for the physicality of it yeah but also for the mental side of it as well mm-hmm. playing men, what we call men's football yeah and um, you know you got to thank Neil Aspin for, shall we say, taking the gamble. You know, and again, when you mention Andre Bennett and you mention myself, everybody thinks that he's going to be the same size as yeah. me. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not. He's not the same size as me. But um, you know, he, technically, he's, small yes, he is. He's, he, you know, he's got a lot of pace. He's, he's um, technically a, a good passer of the ball, and it's just a case of getting his opportunity and. Uh, you know, he's going out there learning the game, you know, mm-hmm. preparations for the game, yeah. you know, know what it's all about. You know, it's not what you see, academy football, everything's mm-hmm. nice. He's got to go out there and learn his trade. Well, as I say, the conference league, as we've said it for many years, I think a, a lot of people don't realise how good it is. I mean, you are going to come against the odd clogging team, but there's a lot of teams that are do play good football and, uh, you know, he's going to get an education. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, really? not, when nothing you, at When all, you're no. talking about clogging team yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, sometimes you have to take a, oh, yeah, you've a got hit a, yeah. and, and see, are you good enough to come back again? You know, what mm-hmm. what are you built built like? You know, are you strong enough? Yeah. And that's what it's all about, you know, and uh, hopefully that's what it's all about for him, for developing and learning. Not only that, I mean, you're going to grounds where fans are on top of you as well, and that, that'd be a, a relatively, well, not say a new thing, but having fans that are actually passionate about the game that you're involved in, because the under-21s, yes, you'll have maybe fans of the club that they're involved with, but it's not, a, you know, three points of, of blood, you know, for the game. But then when you're talking about conference football, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Majority, I would say at least 75% or 80% of the players who you are playing against are ex-professional footballers yeah. or the players who have taken a drop down. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're talking about quality players. Yeah. You know, and again, you look at some of the players who have come through at conference level mm-hmm. who are, shall we say, at playing at Premier League level yeah. now. It's uh, as I say, it's a good breeding ground, and we I say we we see it all, we see it all the time. But it's trying to get that out there to the masses. Um, we're going to talk to Ross on the phone, but I know his question was because we're going to stay clear of it. But I'll ask you: Is what do you what do you think Andre's best preferred position is, or where do you think he's best playing? Because obviously we're seeing a variety of positions at the moment. He's doing well in them, but where do you think that? Where do you see him uh, having his best position? Not a striker. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not like he's darting. Big man up front. No, as I said, um, obviously when he went into the academy, he went in as a, um, a midfield player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he's played majority of his time at right back. Mm-hmm. Um, last season he played left back, which was a good education for him as well and development yeah. for him because he had to learn to kick with his left foot. Uh-huh. And he's improved on that, mm-hmm. so he's a, he he can play on left back, he can play right back, but he also can play in the middle of the park. Yeah. But he's he's quite versatile. But I think he you know he prefers to play right back. Yeah, I mean we we're talking before we came on air. I mean the first thing I realised when when he was playing against Grimsby was his composure. I mean I can't remember the name of the striker, uh, the the winger that he was up against, or the forward. But he knew to take a step back. For, you know, obviously he knows his size. Obviously, he knows he's not going to be able to match it with a six footer in the air. But he knew when to take a step back and and just compose himself and wait for the ball. Let the ball do the work. You know, it, it seems simple and one of the cliches, but he did it well. Yeah, that's right. And and again, that's understanding. Understanding yeah. the game. Understanding who you're playing against. What he's good at. What he's not good at. How to deal with, shall we say, opponents. You know. Yeah. And again, you know, if you're coming up against somebody who's maybe twice the size of you mm-hmm. okay you're not going to beat him in the air but you know maybe you might have to take a drop off take a step off and then let him get to his feet and maybe take it off his feet you yeah. know so it's again it's talking it's understanding the awareness around you mm-hmm. is that something you've passed on to him um he learns from games um you know i can talk to him as much as i, I can you know day in day out but yeah. he's got to go out there and understand you know and i look at games and I say well what could you have done better mm-hmm. and then he might come back and say yeah I could have done this and I could say yeah I can pass my advice on yeah but he's got to go out there and learn yeah you know mm-hmm. I can tell him what you know playing conference football playing for Gates what it's going to be like people are going to be get but he's also got to show that composure when yeah. he has got onto the ball can you go and play and yeah. and again he's been surprised at the level you know, mm-hmm. especially talking about you know how good Gates are, Gates are at passing the ball as well. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see him on Saturday. Um, you know, be used to. Obviously, he's very. He seems very composed. We've mentioned that, and very good going forward. It was nice to see him uh, used. Obviously, neutralise that pace on the uh, the left winger uh, coming forward. You know, I think um, you know the manager quickly identified the uh, the left back of the time. I can't remember who was playing left back of the time. It was Whitmore. Was there? They switched them Whit- over. Whit- Whitmore uh, was on the left back, and obviously put Andre over. You know, to, to neutralise that pace. But it was nice to see him having the. And I suppose a part of his game is going to have to be to just you know as right back is going to be to just knowing when to go forward and when to you know neutralise that threat you know which is obviously what he was used for on Saturday you know yeah that's right and and again that's it conversations with Neil Aspen the manager you mm-hmm. know he has trust in him yeah um, yeah he does love to get forward but also Neil's also spoke to him and said well look you know with a little bit of pace. Mm-hmm. you may have to cover maybe the two centre-backs you know yeah. so we don't yeah, want you to not push the, they're, not the, they're not the fastest the two the <laughs> <laughs> they're not the fastest but they'll go and head everything that's a good right, point right. but um, you know and again that's talking about a good back four you know you look at the, the record mm-hmm. at the present moment you know Kate said over the last yeah. six games they've not conceded many goals <coughs> no. I mean, it's surprising that they've conceded two mm-hmm. on, on Saturday which was a surprise to yeah. shall we say Neil Aspin regarding that because defensively they have been sound yeah say, well, that, well, we mentioned it earlier on about having a strong midfield and I yeah. think at the beginning of the season the midfield wasn't strong and we're overloading we're own defence um, so one more I mean, I mean, the second goal was a bit of a, a bit of a shambles, really, wasn't it? I mean, I think it went under somebody's foot, and you know, the ball sort of stuttered in the box and it landed on yeah. somebody's feet. You know, I which think was it, one of those goals. I think everybody was surprised that it ended up in the back of the net. Never mind getting across yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just unfortunate. Um, Caroline sent a message in. She was a lot better than Dover uh, last week. God bless her. She went all the way down to Dover for the four <laughs> 0 defeat. Um, <laughs> Cheltenham will be a hard. Uh, sorry, Cheltenham last week. Cheltenham will be hard. Uh, they've only lost twice, and I think I'm um, looking forward to Halifax and Tramia too. And so, well done to Caroline to go to the most of the away games. Uh, to no mean feat. Um, Mick Scully has sent in a message. Thank you, Mick. He's put, Gary, do you think uh, your son. Uh, hey, got me words. Put me teeth in backwards. Gary, do you think uh, being the son of an ex North East footballer helped or put more pressure on Andre? Um. Well, I think it, prolific <laughs> yeah. no, I think it can put pressure on him. Yeah. You know. Um, Do you think it would have been more if he had been if in the Sunderland Academy? Well, he had the option. Yeah. Um, you know, he had the option to go to Sunderland, mm-hmm. you know, Sunderland or Middlesbrough. Um, in the end, he made his own decisions. But yeah. again, if he went into Sunderland straight away, people are going to be judging him. Yeah. 
obviously on my career you know mm -hmm. he's coming in and then yeah. has he got there because of me yeah. or has uh -huh. he got there on the back of his own ability mm -hmm. you know so I didn't want that to be put on him straight yeah, away yeah. with that pressure mm -hmm. as well you know he's his own he's his own man you know he makes his own career makes his own decisions yeah and you know he's gone to he's gone to Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough have been excellent you know uh -huh. and, uh, in regards of his development and again he's got to make the next step yeah. and that's where obviously Gates said getting games under his belt listening to the manager and hopefully fingers crossed he can push on yeah hopefully it'll be the first of many I think you know we've spoke quite a lot um, sort of off air about um, many of the big clubs sort of helping out uh, Gateshead in terms of uh, loan signings you can see the quality in, in you know he likes a CJ likes 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 your boy and, and, and it's nice to see them uh, cutting the teeth at the lower level and obviously you know adding, uh, guys that have been there were mentioned earlier about obviously pros that are either you know coming towards the end of their career or young lads cutting their teeth and moving up the leagues you know yeah and it's making that next step you know and again from under 21 level yeah it's great to go out on loan but when yeah. you do go out on loan you want to be playing week in week out yeah. mm -hmm. now and then you're testing yourselves you know are you capable can you handle it physically and mentally as well and hopefully with what the two lads have been doing CJ Hamilton and obviously Andre now open that will open the doors for the rest of yeah. maybe young under 21s maybe from your Newcastles or your Middlesbrough or something to take that next step yeah to show that it can be the, the start of something well um, we're going to continue talking to Gary shortly um, at the moment we're going to play a message from our friends at Sylvester Properties and then we're going to do the first part of the quiz um, so stay with us remember keep sending your messages um, Chris Holmes Christopher Holmes has sent in a message we're going to talk to Gary later on about um, Dalton and the Reynolds era so if you could send that message again later on that would be absolutely fantastic but remember keep sending them in and you can tweet us at heed underscore army Sylvester Properties is one of the fastest growing estate agents in the northeast. At Sylvester Properties, they don't just put a board up outside of your house and hope for the best. They are specialists in social media marketing using an array of online resources to find the best buyer or tenant for your property. As an innovative up and coming company, we know that one size does not fit all, so each of their packages is tailor made to suit your needs and preferences. Whether looking to sell, rent or invest in a property, Sylvester Properties has the customer service skills, property marketing, expertise and resources to get you the best results in record time. Contact one of our team on 01207 26 2111 or alternatively on 0191 500 5252 and that was a message from Sylvester Properties um, right we're going to get into the, the quiz now and um, right I'll just get the quiz background music up for the people at home listening to create a little bit of atmosphere um, part one of the quiz is always about well now because we've changed it up this is the second time um, part one of the quiz will be about a future opponent and this one is about um, around Halifax Football Club so um, here we go I'll just put the back, quiz background music on I'll let Gary go first um, we've got <laughs> Jim, Har Jim Harvey played how many games for Tramia? Jim Harvey I would say he's played 58 58 let him go there Neil 72. 72 and Mickey 63 and 63 <coughs> um, the capacity of the shear is what go on Mickey I'll let you go first because you went last of course Halifax ground if anyone didn't know 8,500 8,500 8.5k Gary 7,000 7,000 one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, right. Why did I do this? Hazama Ben Sharif has how many Algerian under twenty under twenty caps? He's a, a, a Algerian midfielder for uh, Halifax. Uh, he's twenty eight, but he's how many under twenty caps does he have for Algeria? Gary, it's a stab in the dark. <laughs> 15. 15, and Mickey? 25. 25, right. And 
and uh, Nigel Jemson is the oldest player to have played for Halifax in 2009. How old was he? 39. 39. Oh, he seemed straight in there, wasn't he? Confident there. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 39 and up. <laughs> We're all going 39. Uh, you should have played your cards closer to your chest there. Well, uh, well, well, we'll go for the scores at the minute before we go, uh, we'll go to the second half later on of the quiz. But um, just, whoop, I don't want to give the questions for that one. Um, Jim Harvey actually played 184 games for Tranmere. Um, and the closest was. Uh, it was uni, it was 72, so there were 1 0 there. Um, the capacity of the Shea, believe it or not, is 14,061. Yes, it's, it's, you've got them big big stands, they're quite deep. Um, so, is that standing? <laughs> two two standing. Um, the whole, the whole, the whole uh, ground is going to Clutching at straws yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And um, Gary, the closest with 15, um, he had seven. Uh, under 20 caps there so it's 2-1 uh, oh, there under and 39 bang on 39 and uh, 251 days so I was going to tell you his date of birth as well I said 39 we can't go we can't get to uh, so there we go 251 yeah. more than half a year let's not get pedantic let's not get pedantic right um, messages are still coming in um, Dan Pellis put Gary do you think uh, a successful loan spell here will help Andre push on to bigger things yeah I hope so um, you know it might be with Gateshead who knows but at the end of the day he's um, developing he's in the shop window and it's a case of performing week in week out you know if he doesn't perform at this level then yeah. he won't be in the team mm-hmm. as simple as that well, let's see, it's definitely um, putting in some good performances at the moment. Sam Pendleton's put another message, but I think that we need to be tight at the back on Tuesday as Cheltenham look very tough test and hopefully we can grab a point down there. Well, I would agree with that, and especially with Danny Wright scoring lots of goals this season. I mean, the player will let go for, for nothing, for, well, family reasons, he wanted to go back down to, to Gloucestershire away. So, um, but I think, I think we've said uh, off air, you know, the next four games are going to be crucial for Gateshead's season in terms of the league. You know, we've got... Um, well, of of the top four, we're playing three out of the top four in the next uh, four games. You know, yeah. um, and I think uh, you know when you look, there's not that many games till the end of the season. Uh, so you know, we've we've sort of set off here. I think you know six points out the next. That's the top next three. It's uh, yeah. It's the same. We've already played Grimsby twice. I uh, know. Oh, haven't we only played Grimsby once, haven't we? Um, but as I say, yeah, twice. Yeah, Forest Green. Uh, Tramia and Tram- Ch- yeah, Tram- I say Tramia are a little bit in and out of form. Forest Green aren't doing too bad. Only one draw in the last six, so five wins. So it is. I mean, but the only thing that's the the big problem for us, if we're going to try and stay in the playoffs, I and mean, we don't want to get too carried away, but it's our goal difference is absolutely shocking from yeah. our from that little middle part of the season where we had a team that's in there fifth or minus five on goal difference well you've you've got to look at it that it's a great position to be in because you would not have thought that you would have been in this position and Mm -hmm. you've worked so hard to get into this position that Neil will be saying to your players don't blow it you know to go to Cheltenham and if we can get a point at Cheltenham then you've got a good cup run if you can get into the semi-finals and there's always one team off the pace who comes with a run so you just fingers crossing. You've got one or two injury, one or two players coming back from injury, mm-hmm. which again will create competition for places. Definitely. And you've got to say that the you know the players and the team will be going into the games with confidence. Mm-hmm. Look at when they, when they walked off the pitch. You know, on Saturday it was you know people you know lads were running off the pitch and you know there was a lot of enthusiasm and you know we've talked about Leicester obviously in the Premier League and the, the wave of uh, positivity and, and you know you look at some players who maybe didn't cut the mustard elsewhere are just riding on a wave of enthusiasm and let's hope that's a, that's the same again. We, we've had a message from Carl Carl McGuinness has put if Cranston starts on Tuesday he'll have CJ straight at him all night he's always had a mistake in him while he was uh, up here so hopefully CJ can give him loads of trouble well I say we know Jordan Cranston's a good player, um, but hopefully CJ can uh, push right into him. I think if you'll tell him a new one, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathan Carrick has put high, so high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if Chris Holmes can send that message again, because 
it's the chat facility is not great for scrolling back up on you so if you could do that it would be absolutely fantastic remember twitter's been really quiet tonight. normally we've got a lot of messages you can tweet us at heed underscore army please do so and it would be great and um, we're going to play another message from um neil smith sports photography and also from um the extra heat campaign uh for the merchandise there remember all the money from the extra heat campaign does go into the club so if you see anyone selling the hoodies uh, or the bags and hats caps everything with the extra heat logo on do get yourself involved and uh support gated football club The Extra Heed, raising money for the club we love. We are currently selling polo shirts, hoodies and sweatshirts featuring the Extra Heed logo. Contact Dave Allen on 079 826 282. Do you want to own memories from Gated FC matches? Then visit neilsmithsportsphotography.com. You will find photos from previous seasons as well as the current one available or for purchase. Just £2 per image or £15 for 10 And that is the Extra Heat campaign and Neil Smith Sports Photography. Uh, remember, keep sending your messages and any questions <coughs> that you may have for Gary. Uh, as Christopher Holmes has done so thank you very much for sending this back in hi Gary I remember your days at Dalton well playing alongside some uh, greats like Little Gabbiadini Collett and the Heat Gaffer himself um, what's your highs and lows during your, the Reynolds era well if people don't know um, <laughs> Gary was the manager at Dalton when George Reynolds was um, in his pomp shall we say in football and uh, I, I, Gary I'll let you take the story up well <laughs> I learned a lot from George, to be truthful. He's a colourful character. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think... Um, <laughs> um I think George is one of them's obviously um, taking over the football club. It was a learning curve for him, really. Yeah. Um, it's not straightforward as what people think football club's all about. You know, there's a, a lot what goes on behind the scenes, not just in contract-wise, but obviously trying to get players in, trying to get mm-hmm. players out. It's not that straightforward. But um, as I said... I learnt a lot. It was a great opportunity for me, myself and experience as well, you know, to yeah. um, to be be a manager. Um, you know, obviously I went in as a player coach to Darlington under David Johnson and then to given the opportunity to manage the football club. Yeah. And um, as I say, there was, there was lots of things, that probably more attention on Darlington than what you would have wanted or maybe for the wrong reasons, should we say. Um, but just, um, did you enjoy it though, being a football manager? I enjoyed it, but it's all about results. It's yeah. like everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, you judged on results. Um, I enjoyed my experience there. Um, and I've got, I've got to thank George Reynolds for giving me the opportunity to manage the, yeah. the football club. As you know, um, um, being a manager, but also being a black manager as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting the opportunity to manage a, a league club as well. Yeah. It doesn't come round very often for, shall we say, a black manager. Yeah. Um, it, the, the lot of people may not know, but you actually played alongside. And did you manage Neil Aspen at the time when you took over? Or had he left? Um, I think I did manage him did for you? a little while. Yeah. He didn't stay long. No. <laughs> <laughs> Speaks volumes. You <laughs> learned everything about management from uh, me, though. Yeah. And of course, Lee Nogan as Lee well. Lee Nogan, great, hey, great lad, Lee Nogan and Neil Aspin. And, um, you know, they've got a great understanding. It's like good cop, bad cop between the two. But, yeah. um, you know, they've done well. And they were at Halifax, and um, fingers crossed that they'll do well at Gateshead. Yeah, well, they've started off well, and um, there was an a article, I forgot to get it, I tried to find it online, but I couldn't find it, through the week about um, Neil Aspen saying that in the summer he wants to bring in a lot more of his players, which is understandable, you take over a team, you want to mould it in your direction. But um, we were talking through the week, Mickey, and uh, you see, I... I'm in one of those places where we're very comfortable with a lot of northeast players. That we've got a lot of northeast based players, and you just worry sometimes that if there's going to be a mass exodus, we don't know. We're not saying there is, but you would presume one or two local players will be possibly on the way out, you know, or maybe staying. But I'm just a little bit worried. I don't know. It's probably because of comfort zone. We say we've had Curtis and Clark for so long. Seeing a gated team without Curtis will be a very strange thing in years to come, you know, because we're so used to that. But I, I say, Gary, you've, been, you've obviously played in football. But how does how does a football dressing room work when there's been a lot of local players to when there's a lot of 
Um, well, again, I think over. I think what Neil's looking at is looking at the squad in general. Yeah, you know, he doesn't want mm-hmm. to make major changes at the present moment. Maybe they'll come in the summer. Yes, you know, he will want to put his own stamp on the team. But at the present moment, he's looking at the overall squad. Mm-hmm. He's made one or two changes. It's working. But yeah. as time goes on, as you've just mentioned about Ben Clark and and James Curtis, there they're not getting any younger. No. So you need to start be looking at you know where we can bringing mm-hmm. shall we say younger talent yeah. maybe to challenge the likes of Ben Definitely. Clark and James Curtis in the in the heart of defence maybe you're looking for a goal score which everybody always wants to look mm-hmm. for a goal score somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net so again the talent's here in the North East yeah. I mean I'd say I, I, I'll freely hold my hands up I've been in my comfort zone with Curtis and Clark and you kind of think well there's no one better the, on the day they are the, in my eyes are the two best centre backs in the league on the day but as I say we, we know they're not getting any younger and it's always I don't know it, it for me it's just I don't know I feel sad that 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 partnership will eventually get broken up and well I suppose it's never it has been it is on, yeah on, on the flip side I think the, the the main you know the major success of any club's been having a strong a strong player in at the back you know I mean uh, you know I mentioned earlier about uh, Millsy when he used to play five in midfield you had the benefit of you know a lot of possession in midfield but, but you know after that you had two very strong lads who you know like you said earlier Gary you know they might they mightn't be the paciest but if you put them up for a, a you know a headed challenge they'll, they'll win nine times out of ten yeah and I think it's nice to feel like you've got that strength and you know they've definitely got strength well uh, uh, the say I mean we're seeing Curtis used in a different way I mean you come on off the bench and you know you He's had. He's got. I mean, he's got nearly six hundred games under his belt for Gateshead. He knows what to do. He's not going to panic when he comes into a game at any any time during the match. And the other thing as well, like I said, obviously a couple of seasons ago, they've obviously been to Wembley and mm-hmm. experienced the you know the, the the great the great day that that was. Um, you know, like Gary alluded to earlier, we've got we've got the opportunity to, to go there again, whether it be in the playoffs or, or whether it be in the you know the the, the trophy. Um, and I think you know, like like you've said, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, if he's going to bring his own players in, that that doesn't necessarily mean in the team. Yeah, <laughs> and again, you know, Neil knows this division. Oh, yes. he, he knows the players, and uh, I think when you look at um, Gateshead at the present moment, mm-hmm. and good teams are built around the spine of the team. Yeah, and you look at the spine of um, Gateshead team mm-hmm. at the present moment, and you've got to say, you know, from the strike Bowman right through, yeah, even Gus mm-hmm. and. Um, McLaughlin is that Paddy McLaughlin, Paddy McLaughlin yeah. in the middle, the middle of the park, and then the two central defenders, and then the Russell in goal. The good spine—that's a good spine. We just mentioned mm-hmm. earlier when uh, Matty came on on Saturday. You know, um, just mm-hmm. looked like a different player because he was wanting to get in the team, and then he obviously said that you know on the night time. Yeah. Um, no, like you said, Gary, I think it's excellent for for the first time in a long while. You know, we've had competition for places. You know. It, it, it is. It's great. And um, we've got a few more messages coming in. Twitter has been absolutely dead tonight. I don't, Mickey. I don't think they like you reading out the tweets. That's yeah, where well, it it's is. Understandable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as young as Andy now. Yeah. He's got uh, such an angelic voice. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Nathan Clark has put. Who have we got home at next? Uh, the next home game that is Forest Green on the 12th of uh, March. Um, lots of messages still coming in um, if I don't read them out please send them in again um, it's just because to scroll up on the chat facility is an absolute nightmare to get back to old messages and Dan Pillars but I can't wait for Halifax away next week uh, three figure crowd I reckon and uh, a good target to set well as I say I just, well, I just want to get the results I don't, hopefully no injuries if we don't uh, come out on top at Halifax but if we get through I mean we've we mentioned in previous podcasts that the, the draw I mean Two of the big teams have been pulled out against each other, Woken and Grimsby. Uh, to lose one of those would be great. You know, don't look too far ahead, but because Halifax are a good side, we know they're on a good run of form, so we'll just have to take that as it comes. Uh, Sam Pendleton sent in a message. He's put, Gary, um, do you think in the future uh, you see Andre playing for Middlesbrough or a higher level if con- if he continues to develop and have good loan spells? Um, or is it, it's, it's the case of taking each bit as it comes taking and then, each step at a time yeah. as I said at the present moment you know he's, he's enjoying his football at Gateshead now it all depends on what happens at uh, Middlesbrough you know in regards of contract wise you know again he might got F, get offered another year and another two years at yeah, Middlesbrough but still he needs to go out yeah he's still got an option um, but Again, it's all about playing. He, yeah. he needs to be playing week in, week out. Even well, though, it, even if he extends his contract, mm-hmm. 
he still needs to go out yeah. and, and develop and learn the game. Well, he's put himself in the shop windows we mentioned earlier on. Uh, Carl McGuinness has put, uh, biggest change since Aspen came in for me is the difference in Paddy's performances. He's been consistently great. He was wasted out wide. And let's see, uh, sorry, one second there, just jumped up. So it's great to see Aspen getting the best out of him. Well, we've seen that under uh, Mills when had the Marwood effect, and it seems to be happening with Paddy and a couple of other players. So they say that you had a question for uh, Gary earlier on, and it probably brings us ties in nicely with this. I mean, I'll let you ask the question. Um, yeah, it was just basically who, who, who do you feel has had the biggest influence on your on your career? You know, in terms of biggest influence on my career. Yeah, who, who, do, who do you think? Who you think you, you played the best under? My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Brought the best out of your performance, did you? Exactly. Sorry, my best performance. We rephrase that, okay. Well, you got a hundred of it. Now, as I said, you know, you learn, you learn a bit from each manager. But um, I've got to go back to um, obviously my reserve team manager when I was at Manchester City as a young lad. We had a lad there called Dave Ewing, you know, and uh, he was hard, tough. But you know you respected him, yeah. You know, and that's what it was all about. Do you think it's different in today's football and the coaching system with um, how coaches are? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think not just in football, but in society. I yeah. think you've got there's ways and means of how you, shall we say, address young players now or players. And, yeah. You know, uh, you know yourself sometimes to throw the toys out of the mm-hmm. out of the pram if you speak to them too, shall we say, aggressively. Yeah. You know, where in our days. It was get on with it, yeah, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I suppose, I suppose you ask a, a nineteen-year-old on ten grand a week to polish somebody's boots, you know. And well, again, that's it's learning your trade, yeah, and that's what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about players coming to the lights of the conference or playing Division Two, Division One, learning your trade, going out there and know what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, the basics of washing your own kit, yeah, <laughs> you know, cleaning your own boots. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that, that's what that's, that's the basics. I, I, I remember a few years ago in an interview, Lee Hendry, when he was at Aston Villa, he got loaned out to Blackpool, and he said in the training session he took off all his gear and just chucked it into the middle, and all the players like, "What are you doing? They said, You've got to wash your own kit here," mm-hmm. and he, he just gobsmacked. So the, the you know a lot of them are covered in cotton wool. They're, they're the big clubs, which you can understand if they're going to afford to do things the way they do it. But as I say, I think maybe do you think some of the old-fashioned values could be brought back? I hope so. Yeah, it's a great learning curve. Mm-hmm. You know, to uh, well, we just mentioned earlier off air, obviously the Jamie Vardy effect having a you know a big a big impact on the Premier League at the moment. Where previously clubs, I mean Newcastle were very guilty of, uh, of, of you know hitting France and other places to bring uh, fresh talent in, and you know maybe they haven't worked. And you, you look at Leicester, where um, a lot of players, uh, what's the uh, Marez, what's the all all uh, all Brighton, all Brighton, all Brighton. Uh, where they were picked up for next to nothing. I mean, that mm-hmm. Perez, uh, Perez uh, was four hundred grand. I think he was. No, it's someone's wages now. Right. Isn't and, it? Yeah. and you're talking about hunger. Yeah. You know, you talk about you know Jamie Vardy. You know, he's had the hunger from conference level coming all the way through. You know, um, you know, there's a lad at, at Sunderland, Duncan Watmore. Yeah. You know, well, we were we were linked with him for loans many a times. And, you know, never... and again, he's had that hunger, but it hasn't changed. Yeah. You know, he's gone into a Premier League club. He knows what it's mm-hmm. all about. Um, he's rolled his sleeves up and yeah. he wants to get to the top and there's a lot of players who you've seen week in week out playing at this level who you think given the opportunity you know we keep mentioning CJ yeah. Hamilton raw talent yeah. well, but for better players around him mm-hmm. you know players who are coming better players around him he will become a better player yeah. himself well it's the same we've seen that effect with Marcus Madison as well and he was linked with a four million pound move to Sunderland last yeah. year as well and uh, in the transfer window um right well we've got part two of the quiz we'll quickly put this in this one's more general they are linked a little bit uh tediously uh I must admit but uh here we'll go with the question one of part two Manuel Pellegrini was a one club player he played for Universidad de Chile for 13 years how many games did he play he was a defender 233 oh he's going low oh, yeah, it's quite low I think I 
he's spot on with it. He's quite smug. Look at that. Oh, the Mickey. I got two eighty. Two eighty. Right, um, Marcelo Salas play, uh, played for the same club, um, but <laughs> um, he played. Uh, let's have a little look here. How many? Once I try and read my own thing. How many goals did he score for Chile in seventy games? International goals. I'll, I'll go first for this one. I'll set the uh, Seventy games. Did he score? Seventy games. How many goals did he? International goals. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Gary. For Chile. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Mickey. Oh, I'm going to say 40. 40. Um, Con- Carlo Ancelotti signed Marcelo Salas for Juventus, but how many clubs has Carlo Ancelotti managed? Do you want to stab in the dark? Garrett, go on, you go first. Eight. Eight. He's managed eight, maybe. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go higher, I'll say. I think 12. 12. Mickey. I'm going to go in the middle, I'm going 10. Does ten. that include nightclubs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this one is, well, this one is going to be, I don't know unless you know your um, football anthems for football clubs, but what song do PSG come out to? What is the PSG anthem? Or which band is it by? Give you the. See if you can have a guess. Beginning with what? Sorry? What does it begin with? Uh, the. Band. It's the band. The band begins with P. I know what it is. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I'll go the proclaimers. The proclaimers. <laughs> I said the proclaimers as well. Uh, is that what you were going for? I was going to go with yeah. the proclaimers. Prodigy. The prodigy. Yeah. Smack my bitch up. <laughs> Gary, go on, I'll leave you. Prodigy. Prodigy. Alright. Well, you're all wrong. I'll just, I'm not going to bother writing that one down. <laughs> uh, Manuel Pellegrini played uh, 451 oh, games uh, and scored seven goals in that time. Uh, Marcelo Salas scored 39, uh, 39 goals. Uh, oh, no, no, sorry, 37. You got it. Bang on, 37. Um, I was reading the wrong one up the top there. Um Carlo Ancelotti managed seven clubs Regina, Parma, Juventus, Milan, Chelsea, PSG, and Real Madrid. And uh, Fino's in Sunderland. <laughs> that makes eight. <laughs> oh, um, so there we go. Gary, the closest. Um, and, well, none of you's got it. It was Go West by the Pet Shop Boys. No way. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I was shocked at that I'll as well. Re- I'll remember that next time. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep much easier. Well, I think it's Neil. It's safe to say you won that one there. What so, was the score, um, I no, got one, one, two, three, four. Um, lost, lost count, is that it? No, no, it was four to you, two to Gary, and none to Mickey. So, terrible, terrible. Well, we've got a few questions left there. We've got a couple of minutes left. Mick Scully's put Gary, do you think the art of defending has been lost at the top level? Seem defenders these days are happier to see the ball. Happier to be ball players than being able to tackle properly. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it has. You know, sometimes you, when you look at um, defenders at the top level, mm-hmm. tackling with the wrong foot. Yeah. You know, sometimes when the ball's being played down the line, you know they're just settled to just play it out for a throw in. Well, it seems like there's one one decent England centre back coming through at the minute, and everybody's fighting over him, isn't there, Devon? And uh Sometimes he overplays, though. Right. Yeah, I agree. You know, sometimes you want defenders to go and yeah. defend. Can I ask your opinion about a beautiful? Well, I thought it was a beautiful tackle early, thirty seconds into the Grimsby game. That set the tone, didn't, didn't it? it? Yeah. That set the tone. And again, you look at that tackle. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to get away with that at the Premier League no, level? Yeah. Because know. you know, you you'll get people saying, "Oh, it was too aggressive." Yeah. But the credit to the lad that was on the receiving end, he just, he just got himself he got up. up. Yeah, he knew, it was right. a, he knew it was a good tackle. I mean, it was uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, well, we've got uh, another question. This one's from Andrew. Uh, Gary, what did you like? Uh, what was it like to play under Crosby? Um, definitely one of the good blokes in football. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great lad, Malcolm. You know, as I said, I spoke to him um, numerous times, especially when he was managing um, Gateshead, and yeah. also the assistant Gary Ozzy, who's a good friend of mine. Um, yeah. When Malcolm was managing Sunderland, it was great experience for us as well because yeah. we was on a run and obviously we we ended up at at Wembley. Yeah, 
Was, uh, but actually, there's one thing. If my memory serves us right, did you get sent off in the FA Cup after making a fantastic save against Jurgen Klinsmann? Yes, against the, Tottenham. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great save. It was. It was fantastic. It just. It's been save it. Yeah. Do you know what? Out of all the goals I've scored, <laughs> you talk about that save. <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was magnificent. Uh, yeah, though. That, that stands was. out. Yeah. You were wasting playing outfield. Like. Yeah, that's what it was. It was absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you to everyone that has sent in your messages tonight. You've made it a great show. Um, remember to tell all your friends uh, to share the podcast and remember um, say keep interacting because it's your messages that really do uh, count. And just like let's say a big thank you to Gary for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the welcome pleasure. and uh, you know credit to to Gateshead. Credit to. Richard Bennett as well, you know, for yeah. taking over the club, and hopefully you can take it to the next step. As I say, we've been on a roller coaster in the past eight months. Uh, we didn't know where the club would be uh, in the summer, and to be sitting where we are now, something uh, well, it's nothing short of astonishing, really. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be part of, and hopefully it can uh, we can build on it. And Gary's going to chant them because he's a good looking woman, <laughs> <laughs> and he's hiding in the mascot's costume because he's not going back to Sunderland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much, and remember to share the podcast, and we'll see you next week, hopefully with three points and maybe in the semi-finals of the FA Trophy. So we'll see you later. Bye. Cheers. Before you drive the all-new Nissan Rogue, you got to ask yourself, how rogue are you going to go? We talking find your spirit animal in the desert rogue, build an igloo in the middle of nowhere rogue, or take the long way home just because kind of rogue? Just a question, but with five available drive modes, you're sure to find the answer. Go rogue in the all-new, fiercely reimagined 2021 Nissan Rogue. Now with the most standard safety features in its class. See owner's manual for important safety information. Auto Pacific segmentation. 2021 Nissan Rogue versus latest in market competitors. Base models compared. Before you drive the all-new Nissan Rogue, you gotta ask yourself, how rogue are you gonna go? We talking find your spirit animal in the desert rogue? Build an igloo in the middle of nowhere rogue? Or take the long way home just because kind of rogue? Just a question, but with five available drive modes, you're sure to find the answer. Go rogue in the all-new, fiercely reimagined 2021 Nissan Rogue. Now with the most standard safety features in its class. See owner's manual for important safety information. Auto Pacific segmentation. 2021 Nissan Rogue versus latest in market competitors. Base models compared.